everyone, welcome to the start of our podcast, IT Time, because it's time to talk about tech. I'm Zoe, I'm going to be your host, and with me today are two very empowering individuals we just had to introduce to you. Yuan Ming, the founder and president of AlphaVarian Solutions, and Tess, the director of engineering at PayPal. Thank you both so much for doing this, especially Tess, I'm very excited. So we're here to talk about women business leaders and owners in the tech industry and on how to foster diversity and just in general, your personal experiences, which I believe our listeners are going to be particularly interested in. Tess, you have been working at PayPal for a while now, and prior to that, you studied computer science. Am I right? That's right, Zoe. I have a BS in computer science from UC Berkeley. I've been at PayPal for going on four years this January, came to PayPal as a manager of software engineering, and currently I'm a director leading the platform engineering organization for the checkout business group at PayPal. That's uh, very impressive. <laughs> so uh, this episode is called Women in Tech, and the reason we called it this is because we would love to get yours and Ming's perspective on the topic and how we can encourage more women to join the industry. So uh, we know about the challenges in the tech industry to achieve diversity, gender equality, and also inclusion. So Tess, in your opinion, how can we effectively do our part to advance these goals and overcome challenges? That's a good question. Um, you know, did you know that only 13% of all engineers are women? And only 4.6 of them are of color. This is one of the highest paying industries in the world. Yet graduates only fill 29%, all graduates only fill 29% of the open jobs. So imagine, imagine the, the competition from employers. And of that, of that 100%, only 3% are being filled by women. Um, there's a big opportunity. And this is why it's an important topic close to my heart. We have, we have this huge opportunity to affect change and the numbers speak for themselves. And women and women leaders in tech means more seats at the table for all of us. Um, the gender disparity in the workplace is now, um, I see it while hiring and I saw it as an engineer working with my peers who were almost all white male. Um, it was especially obvious when I was in college also, that, you know, out of uh, thousands of engineers in the weeder class, I only had a handful of girlfriends. You know, to advance the, the goals of gender equality, we need to bring more awareness to this opportunity gap and really debunk cultural misinformation about traditional gender roles and occupations. Uh, for example, women don't have to grow up and become nurses. <laughs> We can support the girls and women on the path to tech. And we do this by bringing our female voices to the industry, making ourselves and stories available to the younger generations who have more and better access to information now in the new era, to podcasts, to YouTube. These are some really disturbing facts, actually. <laughs> I wasn't aware of them. Thank you. And uh, when preparing for the episode, I came across PayPal's Global Impact Report, 
which was published in April last year. And I thought it was a really good example of how a large organization in the industry can make an effort. And like you just said, an employer, for example, and actually tackle these challenges. But do you think that an individual by themselves can also make an impact? Of course, everyone can make an impact, whether you're a professional already in tech or you're just starting out and you're thinking about it, you're in school, whether you're male or female, whether you're curious with questions or have experiences and answers, societies made of individuals and even big corporations are led by individual leaders. So our decisions have a much larger impact, but the individuals who make those decisions are making decisions for others as well. And all of us have a social role to play in our society, even giving that feedback, right? Having a conversation, it's not a black or white and, you know, top down doesn't pass decisions down to, um, to lower levels without a conversation, without impact. One of the favorite quotes from Ted Roosevelt that always stuck to me is it's, it's not the critic who counts. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood so that his place shall never be with those who neither, who knew neither victory nor defeat. You know, it's really the girls who are in the game. We need to focus on them, the girls and women fighting the good fight as early as possible in their upbringing. If you're one of these girls, I'm your biggest fan. (laughs) There's a different world out there where Women in tech work with both women and men to solve big problems for the world, leading a diverse group of people and making a huge impact. That's actually really inspiring. If I could edit the quote, I would say not every man, I would say say every individual, but of course that was a different time. (laughs) And uh, well, you work for a big organization, right? And then on the other hand, we have Ming and you're a small business owner. And how do you think small companies such as yours can make a difference and even work alongside large corporations and individuals? Um, that I've been asked that question for quite a few times already. Small business in uh, America and a lot of other countries generates a lot of job opportunities, right? We are one of the fast growing you know, group of companies that on the planet of Earth that is growing in a rapid speed. A lot of people probably has not Imagine in the past, and guess what? A lot of us are in tech. A lot of the tech startups take off from the small business sector, right? You will be surprised to find people like myself who probably have been working for other big organizations. Um, we either learn from the best in the industry, we've learned how they have dealt with challenges, how they have promoted women in our industry, how they have kind of uh, given career uh, advice on how to advance in their career during different phase and milestone of their career as well. Or you probably have seen this inequality play out in your environment in the past, which you're fed up or you felt very unsatisfied and you want to walk away. Now the question is, as an individual, when you walk away from that, what do you want to do with it? There are people will tell you the challenges they face as a business owner that make them make certain decisions that is not how they see themselves as individual. But isn't that an excuse if you know the problem and you don't do anything with it? So 
at the end of the day, it's about what do you want to do when you see that? And as a small business, like I said, we touch so many different opportunities working with other small business or big organizations. What kind of stand do we take? What kind of the hiring process do we incorporate so that we actually support women in the same industry? Those are the things we as small businesses have to do on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so it shows that you're really trying to do an impact. And um, I personally believe that in our world, we do a lot of quick fixes. And of course, we have short-term goals that are quicker to achieve and the result might be visible faster and more instantly, which a lot of business owners need and want. But in order for something to fundamentally change, I believe that we need to set ourselves measurable very specific and achievable long-term goals where the results might not be visible this year. It might not even be visible next year, but where we open, well, where we hope to tackle the problem by the root cause. And now looking at the efforts you do, Ming, do you ever categorize between short-term and long-term goals? Absolutely. With anything, you know, when it comes to running a business, we always have to set goals, whether it's, you know, one or two years or long term, five to 10 years. Right. Part of the planning is not just about revenue and headcounts, it's about the impact that we make in the industry, in this ecosystem. Maybe we're in with Microsoft or beyond that. Right. So when it comes to women in technology, our short term goals are always opening up opportunities for women. This comes from, you know, starting with the hiring process. Are we looking at, you know, providing opportunity for capable female candidates along with their male candidates? Do we open up opportunities for them and knowing the challenges that are going in? I have an example that I can give it to you. In our Indian uh, market, when we are hiring our female candidates, there are regulations and laws that are preventing more capable female candidates being hired. For example, they cannot work in night shifts. Um, there are safety reasons why they can't work in the office at night shift, but it also stopped from uh, you know, hiring female candidates who can work from home just because they cannot work overnight shift, right? So those are regulations, rules in place, maybe for good reason, but also hinder the opportunity for us to promote women in tech. As a um, com- company, we have to make a stand and say, all right, why don't we make a um, adjustment so that we can hire more women, maybe work in day shift? Do we really need everybody to work overnight shift just because we have clients in a different time zone? That's not a must, right? So that's hiring. Now, once we hire them, there are learning and development path that we have to set, incorporate their Um, different people has different needs. For example, we have female candidates or employees who go through childbirth. There is maternity leave. Afterwards, you will see a huge rate of, or at least consideration for our female uh, employees who might decide to stay behind with family for a longer term um, beyond maternity leave. How do we bring them back to workforce? Do we just you know, not reach out, or do we constantly reach out and ask, hey, here's opportunity, maybe we'll give you part-time opportunity just so that you can connect with this, uh, you know, the industry, knowing what's going on, so it's easier for you to come back. But that's a conscious, you know, decision a company has to make, and it takes a lot of efforts, not only, you know, resources like, you know, uh, financial resources, but also a team to support that, 
right? At the same time, when we see opportunity for promotion, we promote within, right? So who do we consider? We look at a time that folks can work. We look at experience they have collected. We also look at who can do what at what time. And all the things that I have uh, mentioned uh, before, it's also part of the consideration we put in. Right. We need to provide opportunities for our females who are able to produce this uh, results, whether this during a certain time that they can produce because they have other responsibilities and let them shine. And this is a supporting system we have to build. And that goes to the long term goal. The awareness that we have talked about is not just one day, one meeting, one podcast, but it's one person at a time, one generation at a time. What we're doing right now is talk about it bring awareness, and then let them keep talking, bring this message along no matter where they are so that we can nurture the next generation leaders, whether they're female or male, but that's something they are aware all the time when they're looking for folks they're working with, they're promote. So they always remember, we need to promote women. We need to let, you know, capable person, whether that's women or uh, uh, male, to shine in their position. And that's the uh, long-term goal that we are trying to achieve. That's really good. I actually read the other day that it takes over 90 years to close the gender gap in the tech industry. And that really shocked me. I mean, that's, yeah, that's more than one generation. Like you said, I think that's over three generations. So, uh, well, we can start today. And I also read that you're um, committing to SCG5, right, Ming? So, which is really exciting. And I know that um, from the PayPal report test, that PayPal also committed to very specific sub-targets of SDG5. And, uh, well, SDG5 is gender equality, just to those listeners who uh, don't know, and which is also great, of course. And Tess, you have been in the tech space for some time, and you have um, ascended to your current role as director of PayPal at Engineering. How was that trajectory planned? You know, um, sometimes um, career isn't uh, always as you plan. Um, but I put myself out there and realized very early on through experience that boys aren't any better than me across both technology and general education. Uh, in fact, it's the well-roundedness aspect that made me stronger than many of my peers. Um, been, I've also been very extremely lucky across my career to be around mentors who supported me in my growth. And I really attribute my success to that. Do you also mentor other people out of curiosity? Yes, actually, it's a it's a important thing I spend time on. Um, you know, there's there's um, organizations that you can volunteer with to make an impact for school age girls, um, but the one on one time that you spend with other women across all levels, especially in a big organization, it, it really helps me give them that, that personal experience to, to show them that there are more opportunities to have a casual interview, um, to talk about the challenges and how to overcome those challenges from a woman's perspective. That's really great. And it sounds like you're tackling the root cause if you start with little school girls. Um, and well, of course, one issue women often face while working is being overlooked for promotions. Um, Tess, have you ever experienced that? Yes, I have. Um, you know, I, I, my career stagnated for about five years um, at, at one point. 
uh, I did speak up negatively about a white male manager early on during that journey. I was stuck with him for the entire time. Um, this is something that I had control over, changing in retrospect, but it was also the time that I had my first child. So I really used that time to focus on my personal life. And, you know, the biggest learning I had from this experience, it's, it's important to invest in, invest in your career on a growing industry and, or product. Um, you know, it's not always uh, black or white that it's your manager that, that uh, affects your career. It's also the product you work on, the industry you're working in, and whether there's opportunity there. But you do need to follow leaders who you respect, who are also on the growth trajectory, and they will bring you along on the ride. So um, so just remember that career growth is not always about having a straight line upwards. Actually, uh, I, I don't think when we, when I look back at my uh, happiness, it's not just about career. It's also about, hey, am I, am I really waking up at 2 a.m. taking work calls? Is that really healthy for me, for my family? And that's when, that's when you kind of realize that it's not a straight line right? You, you have to take what's right for you. It's really important, I think, that you take the well-being of your family and yourself first, because otherwise, you also are not able to work, in my personal opinion. But uh, what about you, Ming? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Not a surprise, of course I did, right? And um, I think I talked to other, um, you know, females in the same space. I talked to Tess about this as well. Um, oftentimes, I noticed that I don't know if it's a it's a normal, you know, it's a common thing for male as well. But I think a lot of women had this whole concept of mindset of prove my worth to others. Like I it, I worth this, right? But at the same time, we're doing similar, uh, maybe even more outstanding work compared to our, our um, other counterparts or you know peers in the in the same company. Um, but that mentality. It comes from somewhere, right? Some some part of it is culture. Some part of it is just the environment you are in, as if like you have to prove extra effort that you're worth a promotion. Um, I did, and I speak up for myself after a couple of years, which I was very happy. But this is advice that I have given to other uh, females that have come to me. Maybe they just start their career. Maybe they're in a similar situation. They feel very awkward about speaking up, right? Um, which kind of brings me to think about as an organization. What kind of environment? What kind of environment are we giving to our, you know, employees? Right? Do they feel comfortable? Do they feel like they have to speak up even louder than they need to just for a promotion that they deserve? And those are the things that I always think about because I have similar experience in the past. How was that experience for you? How did it feel after you spoke up about it for the first time? That must have been such a relief. <laughs> Not only I got the promotion. <laughs> That's very important. But at the same time, I feel very empowered. And I got to tell you, the second time I want to walk into the same office, it's a lot easier. <laughs> so now the message to you know other employees, and I have, I have been on the other side of it where the employee come to me and ask for a raise, for example. Now I understand where it comes from and that the conversation goes a lot easier because it's not about whether you're female or male, it's about your career development. Are you getting what you need in this company? Because it's not just about money, isn't it? It's about how you feel about, you know, uh, what you're learning, what you're 
advancing in your current position? Do you see a career path to where you want to be? And that's, you know, beyond the salary that you're taking right now. And that's something that keeps me, you know, thinking about it um, every day. That sounds like a very good work environment. <laughs> At the end, I actually have a question for both of you. And maybe let's, Ming, maybe let's start with you. Every journey has its bumps, as we just heard, and detours, because it's never a straight line, as you already told us. And as well as probably people pointing you in the wrong directions at times. And a lot of people giving maybe bad and even biased advice. And how do you deal with that if you have experienced it? Um, unfortunately, I have experienced quite a few times. And one of them is so refreshing in my mind is because that was right before I started ABS, the company, right? Um, we have other you know, peers in the same industry who start a company not a few years before I asked the question to, to tell me that, you know, it's too hard. You're going to run into a lot of problems. You know, in the Microsoft ecosystem, there's a lot of certifications you have to get. It's just too much work. Um, and maybe it's easier just, you know, doing what you do the best, which is continue working for other companies. And I'm glad at the time I didn't listen to that. There are a few reasons. One is really truly believe in yourself and explore. I think Tess talked about that already. You know, um, settle in for anybody, female or male, is not always a recipe for success, right? You, you have to cho choose to do things that you don't feel comfortable with and challenge yourself and feel like, wow, I'm doing something exciting for myself. But at the same time, you know, trust in yourself. You, you know what you can do, right? Most people will know, okay, I tried this. I'm pretty good at this. I might not be good at that, but I can learn. And that's something I, I kind of bring with myself. You know, entrepreneurship is uh, gender blind. You don't have to be a male or female to be entrepreneur, right? And that's what I learned from looking at my dad and folks like himself who started their own business at the time. So that I have within me, and that's what I tried. But very importantly, I also have a very good supporting system. You know, I have my family at the time when it's very tough to tell me, you can do this. Don't listen to that. You know, they don't want you to, they don't want to see you be successful. And when you try, when you do what you can, they will shut up. <laughs> And that's what we need. Um, a lot of female, I went to, for example, the, um, you know, diversity uh, forum in the New York State, where there are a lot of uh, small businesses and a lot of owners are female and uh, minority female. And it's very encouraged to see that. And I can tell you the same story goes on and on and on. Um, part of being an entrepreneur and also a female entrepreneur is that you have to be loud and be bold. And sometimes you could be wrong and it's fine. You submit to your mistakes and move on. Um, a lot of times when you be that first person to speak up, that takes encouragement courage right and it's not easy to do but the more you do it the more you are used to do it and at that time when people see more and more of that they know not to give you you know kind of that type of advice that I have mentioned too easily you know they will think twice before they say anything to you because they know they're encounter someone who have their courage have their faith in what they are doing they have a supporting system behind them they're not individuals and that's what we need a, a more you know nurturing and positive experience uh, environment for folks who want to do their own thing and who wanted to progress in their career i'm going to take away the entrepreneurship is non-gender i really like that quote 
It's gender blind. It's gender blind. Every, everybody can do what they want to do at any given time. I think that's uh, that's a very great quote. I'll keep that. And what about you, Tess? Have you experienced any bad advice or? You know, I I haven't realized bad advice um, until unless it's really obvious and it hurt me. Right when I first became a manager, I had someone say, "Oh, wow, I'm." I'm really taken aback because I've never worked for a, a woman before. And um, I always took those comments as it's about them, not about me. But by the time you realize how biased these comments are or advice is, it's kind of already too late. And, you know, there's a chicken and egg problem, right? So as an, as someone receiving that type of advice, You have to channel your inner Aaliyah, dust it off and try again. <laughs> Once you realize it's biased, you have to tell them. I mean, ideally, you tell them that you respectfully disagree. Um, they might learn something. They might not even realize that they have unconscious bias. So that's that would be ideal. But that's not your job to educate them. What's more important is that you surround yourself with positive people, positive influence. Life is too short to listen to negative advice. So don't waste too much time arguing with them. Use, use it, use it to motivate yourself, prove them wrong. You know, one of my best friends who went into tech, she told me later on her dad told her she couldn't do it. And that's why she decided to go into tech power to her. Right. So You have to move on. Don't focus on the negatives. That's a very positive outcome. But I can also imagine if you hear that a lot of times for a person who doesn't have such a strong personality that can really uh, ruin it and actually make them not go into the industry. So people stop giving bad advice to others. <laughs> But let's try to break the circle on the chicken and the egg problem. And let's try to give some good advice. So Tess, what advice would you give to a female with similar skills and similar in uh, interest in the tech industry as you? You have overcome much more than you know. You have earned your success and has everything to do with your hard work, attention to detail, empathy for customers, your ability to work with others, You can do anything you put your mind to. I love that. I will write that down. Remember it. <laughs> well, um, I think actually we're almost at the end. So thank you so much, Tess, and of course, Ming, for being here. And before we, you go, um, I've decided to ask one question to always stay true to our podcast name. So Tess, what's your favorite tea? You know, I've been loving the African nectar tea from Mighty Leaf. It's a decaf tea. I usually drink tea at night. So that sounds very good. If you haven't tried it, <laughs> you should. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> right. Then uh, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed it. I would also like to thank our listeners for being here with us. This was our first episode of IT Time because it was time to talk about tech and especially about women in tech. I hope you found the topic interesting and important as I do. You can probably tell. And so for the next podcast episodes, we already have two women with two very different paths in life. But for me, very equally in inspiring and interesting. 
and I'm very excited to introduce them to you. If they're specific individuals, because we want the podcast to be as inspiring and informative for you as it can be. So if there are specific individuals you would like us to talk to or topics you would like us to talk about, reach out to us over our social media platforms and send us a private message and we will see what we can do. Until then, take care.